0: It was at this moment that he knew. Damn, son, where'd you find this?
1: So just do it!
0: Make your dreams come true! Just do it! You are now listening to the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirreled retelling of pop culture history. It's podcast forty
2: two on the Podfix network. It was eighteen dollars a twelve pack? I feel like I should have probably looked at the price a little more. I just was
3: excited to see it, so I bought it. It was BOGO at Publix, but I swear it was eighteen dollars when I saw it. It might have been because it was a. It's. It was running, and you like to run, and Nicole likes to run, and Laura. Think she likes to run?
4: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Laura knows that she doesn't like to run, and yet she likes to collect medals, so that's the only way you can get them. Yeah. So I know where I stand on my <laughs> like and dislike of it.
3: So just give them the what? It's like four hundred dollars a race now. Just give them the four hundred dollars, and they can hand you
4: the medal.
2: It's
3: only like two hundred a race.
2: Yeah,
4: it's it depends on the race. Well, when I when I finally get my goofy medal, that one will be pretty. When you do dopey, remember it's
3: seven hundred.
4: Right, that's what I'm saying. That one, but I get
3: seven hundred dollars.
4: But I get like six medals,
3: and six shirts. Yeah, but
4: I get six medals, and I get my coveted goofy medal.
3: But once you peel off the gold foil and eat the chocolate, what good is the metal?
4: <laughs> Seven hundred dollars <laughs> worth of
3: chocolate. That's <laughs> it is. Do you get a golden you ticket too? A sense
5: of I hope accomplishment. so. I it's, it's, it's a lot of pride when you finish something like that. Let me tell you. You know what?
3: I have a lot of pride when I finish a Kit Kat bar, and, and that's my legs good for felt you. There's nothing wrong afterwards. with that. <laughs> but
2: is it when you finish a Kit Kat bar? And it's a perfect break each time. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't care about the perfect break. So you just bite all four at once. You don't give. So, you know, I did yeah. that
4: the other day, and it made my daughter cringe because I bit all four. <laughs> at yeah.
3: That's the best part.
4: Because <laughs> that's really, not how you eat it.
3: What's really weird is people look at you like you're insane.
4: <laughs> yeah. Like how dare you bite into a Kit Kat? You eat a
3: Hershey's bar like that? Yes. No, no one will take no. twice.
4: But and you and eat that bar small like little that.
2: Pieces. That it's like you're supposed to break apart. And It's like no, no, no. I'm just well, that's what it in. is. You're a
3: psychopath if you don't eat it like. But
5: their whole campaign was. Break me off a piece of the Kit Kat bar. So it uh, was yeah. it was the first candy bar that was meant to be shared. So even though chocolate bars have the Wait, riches on you were
4: supposed to share that? Yeah. Oh, no. That yeah, was that's like the, not happening. That was, no, that no, was, I could no. have a Kit
2: Kat right now, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not sharing with Nobody's any of Nobody's getting you.
4: a piece of my Kit Kat but bar. But that was
2: I when know it what came you're out, saying.
5: the first social candy, because it was intentionally made where okay, you could break I
3: it. I understand it. what you're saying, but now everyone has such a stigma of it oh, that on. if you break it, or eat it the wrong way. People think you're a psychopath.
5: Well, yeah. I mean, if people are taking it that much to heart, there's a problem in them, but...
3: Speaking of psychopaths, <laughs> now that we have two minutes of babble that have nothing to do with Conan O'Brien, <laughs> it's time for Podcast 42. Maybe
4: Conan likes Kit Kat bars. I yeah, doubt it. I'm going to write that in Maybe the script he bites somewhere. bites them into them. Bites right into them. Yeah. Yep.
3: I'm Christopher DeVos.
5: I'm Nicole Fason.
3: JL Trost. I'm Laura. Hey.
5: No, no way.
3: <laughs> no. I have been wanting to do that to her every week. Oh. All right, let's open up that beer cooler. J.L. Beer Cooler. It's cooler than you think. J.L.
6: Beer Cooler. It's cooler than you think.
3: Ah. (laughs) You bought the most expensive beer ever. It might not be, but I think it could be.
4: (laughs) Man, I feel like I've been here before. What is it? It's just
2: the second half of a marathon kicking in for you, Laura. That's Uh, all it is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because with that, I brought the 26.2 brew from Marathon Brewing Company. What is
3: this? It's an ale?
2: It's an ale brewed with sea salt and coriander. Oh, my four percent abv it's a beer brewed for runners
3: so we could drink it or and you could run at the same time because it's only about 120 calories too well i was gonna go we, we could season a lasagna with it
2: <laughs> yeah probably
3: because of the sea salt and the coriander yeah. i don't know if you put coriander in a lasagna but i am <laughs> that's how, well, I with how expensive it is you might not want
5: to waste it on something like that
2: hey lasagna's expensive already why not go all out it's true lasagna is expensive it, it can be. It can. Not be. if you put cottage cheese in it. So you're putting cottage cheese co- and coriander beer in there. <laughs> yes.
3: Well, see, there's this long story. Right. Do
2: you remember that day when he's like, "You can come over and have something to eat"? There's lasagna in the
3: fridge. I'm really glad I didn't grab
2: that yeah. lasagna.
4: It was my lasagna, not his. Uh-oh. So oh. you would have been okay. I but promise.
3: Her family puts cottage cheese in lasagna. It's, it's because my mom
4: doesn't it, like how thick ricotta is. Okay, so no, I get it.
3: That's not why. It's because no,
4: he thinks it's a southern thing, and they didn't understand that they were saying ricotta. Is
3: southern, and when the Italians said you put ricotta cheese in lasagna, they misunderstood, and they thought the Italians said put the cottage. Ricotta. Cheese, cottage cheese. So
4: just so you understand, everybody, my family was the one around to translate the the Italian lasagna recipe into English for you all. So you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no worries.
2: (laughs) So you're the only ones making it properly? It's supposed to be cottage cheese the whole way? No, it's not supposed to be cottage cheese. No,
4: I actually proved you wrong. They they made a mistake. No, 15 years ago, I pulled it up on Google (sighs) for you and showed you that there are numerous recipes on Google that also call for cottage cheese. I don't think cheese. it was
3: that long ago.
4: Yeah. Mm.
3: Alright, well let's end tangent number two and let's do our <laughs> pop
4: quiz. No, oh, I, just but like but going I wanted to tangent.
3: get into tangent number three. I know. <laughs> when does that
4: one start?
3: So get out your pens and your papers and this pop quiz is called, this quiz is something for me to poop on or, sometimes the Tonight Show Conan's and sometimes it goes. Ha. I was going to do that one, or at least your late-night gig lasted longer than Chevy Chase. So pick whichever one you think is the funniest. This is five. I always love a good Chevy Chase bird. (laughs) Yeah. Five general knowledge facts on Conan O'Brien. In order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge, score one point for each correct answer. Question number one, which network currently hosts Conan O'Brien's late-night show? Gotta get one right. You should get this. Yeah,
4: I'm gonna get it right too. You you. Get this
3: correct, as Nicole made us watch the longest Conan O'Brien
4: clip.
2: Yeah, she said it was a two-minute clip, and that was I a didn't half say hour ago. it
4: was
3: ago. a
5: two-minute clip. <laughs> when did I say that? No, she
4: just said it was the next one, and all we had to do was click to the right. Oh, was that it? Yeah. I thought she and said a nice time nice, time we didn't have to no watch time the limit whole thing. thing. Yeah, I thought she said it's a nice it short
3: would've... clip to watch before we start sound check, and 40 minutes later, <laughs> here we are. Yes, yeah, she so said we didn't have to finish it, but we were already invested. So. Yeah. You do have to finish it.
4: Question number two. Tangent number three.
3: (laughs) What does Conan O'Brien famously collect? Hint this is a collection of something.
4: (laughs) I
6: don't know.
3: Hint it's not cars.
4: No, I know who collects (laughs) cars. And it wouldn't have been nice to write his name down.
3: (laughs) Question number three. Who did O'Brien stage a mock feud with in 2008? Mock feud. I heard you. Would everybody like a correct answer on this in this room? Hint. 40 minute video. Hint. 40 minute video. Audience lost. People in this room, you should have a correct answer. Question number four. What is the name of O'Brien's wife? Hint. I did not know this either. I had to look it up. And question number five. What unusual hobby did O'Brien have as a child? Hint it did not involve collecting cars. Okay. Little, Amy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> did you say unusual hobby? What unusual hobby okay. did Conan O'Brien have as a child? Alright, pens I... and papers down. Actually you should put your pens down you don't have to put your papers down damn question number one what network
4: pick it back up jail i got it i
3: got it okay i got it i got it it. which network currently hosts conan o'brien show everyone all together tbs excellent question number two what does conan o'brien famously collect laura
4: i put coffee mugs
3: coffee mugs yes jail freckles and souls
2: (laughs) because he's a ginger and he has no soul And he gets a new freckle every time he gets a soul. That's really close, uh, Nicole.
1: I said lucky charms.
3: <laughs>
4: They're magically delicious.
3: He collects lucky charms. You know, there's only five marshmallows, right? I know. Yeah. Once you have one box of cereal, you're done. That's not a collection.
4: No, every now and then they have oh the special my, ones. Oh, my
3: God. Oh, my God. All right, well. We I would get, give Nicole half a point for that. <laughs> you, get, you get half a point. Um, Laura, I am not Conan O'Brien, so it's not mugs. <laughs> oh. It uh, is guitars. Guitars. Oh,
2: freckles and souls. No. No. <laughs>
3: Uh, JL you also get half a point. And Laura you get a fourth of a point for getting me and Conan O'Brien mixed up because we both have the same haircut.
4: I know. I know. Question number three.
3: Who did O'Brien stage a mock feud with in two thousand and eight? JL. John Stewart. Nicole. John Stewart. Laura.
4: Well see, I originally wrote your mom until you gave me the clue. Okay. And then I put John Stewart. John Stewart,
3: <laughs> John Stewart was the forty minute video that we watched. It's
5: not forty minutes.
3: Pretty close. (laughs) 38 minutes and 6 seconds. It
5: was like 11 minutes.
3: (laughs) They showed two ads. That's how long it was. In YouTube time, 11 minutes is (laughs) forever. (laughs) What is the name of O'Brien's wife for question number four? Nicole. Janine. Janine. Pretty close. JL. Liza. Very far away. Laura.
4: I put Peggy.
3: Peggy. Also very close. The answer is... Peggy Janine. <laughs> no, the answer is Liza. Liza Powell. Oh. How did you know that? Uh, I looked it up earlier when we were talking during the 40-minute video. Oh, really? Why? Um, it just kind of popped up on the Wikipedia page when oh, I was okay. looking something up. <laughs> and question number five, what unusual hobby did O'Brien have as a child? Laura.
4: Eating mud pies.
3: Eating mud pies. jail Poop Collector. Poop Collector. Kind of like eating mud pies.
5: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pick anything. You didn't pick any. I anything. ran out of time. I had a normal hobby, but uh, then it wasn't a usual hobby and it wasn't
3: Okay, what was your normal hobby? Basketball. Basketball? <laughs>
5: basketball. Oh, basketball. <laughs> because he's so tall.
3: I was wondering what basketball was. No, I... That sounds like a sport I could play, actually, because I don't play sports. <laughs> I basketball. could pass the ball around. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, that's called playing catch. It's like hot potato. <laughs> Um, The unusual (laughs) hobby that O'Brien has as a child was he collected lucky charms. No.
5: No. No.
3: Tap dancing. Oh,
5: that's nice.
3: Tap dancing. All right, sources for this script were Wikipedia, of course, YouTube, and TeamCoco.com. TeamCoco.com. And Behind the Music with Weird Al. Behind the Music with Weird Al. All right, Carson's going to start us off.
4: I you waited till I was drinking. It was, it's the best time.
3: Carson's going to catch his breath, <laughs> and then Carson's going to start us off. You have, Laura. you have all of eternity because you're actually dead. <laughs> I am.
2: Hello, this is the ghost of Johnny Carson. Before we talk about Conan O'Brien, I just want to say that tonight's show is one of the longest running TV shows ever, and as an institution in this fine country, is one of the most respected programs on television today, and the host of it is a coveted position wanted by everyone, but only a select few have held it. Hey-oh, yes! Well, thank you, Ed. That was very insightful. <laughs> it kind of pains me to see what happened to Conan O'Brien and his stint on The Tonight Show. Yep, short, but it was uh, weird, wild stuff. Now, now, hold on a minute, Johnny. I had nothing to do with that. It's all NBC. NBC is the bad guy here. Not me, not Jay Leno. (laughs) Ha ha, false. Oh, weird, wild stuff there, Jay. Uh, I actually never mentioned your name. Weird that you just piped in like that. I say, let's look at what happened, Uh, Nicole.
5: Conan Christopher O'Brien was born on April 18th, 1963 in Brookline, Massachusetts. Yes. And was raised in an Irish Catholic family. His father, Thomas O'Brien, was an epidemiologist and a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School.
3: Nice read there. I'm glad I didn't have that word.
5: (laughs) His mother, Ruth O'Brien, is a retired attorney and former partner at the Boston firm Ropes & Gray. O'Brien is one of six children.
4: Hello, I'm the formal principal of Brooklyn High School. My name is Kathy Skeetmore. Conan was such an awkward and wonderful student. Very nice. He was very interested in bare sexual activities, which was weird, admittedly. And uh, he was the author of the school newspaper, The Sagamore.
2: Ha ha, saggy! I could have been the editor of that paper. Do you need one?
4: Well, no, it's a high school newspaper. In here, like, what, 80?
2: I'm only 68. I could run that paper better than Conan. And get better readers, too.
4: (laughs) Go away. Did you know in Christopher's senior year, he won the National Council of Teachers of English Writing Contest with his short story, To Bury the Living, and was an intern for Congressman Robert Dreenan. I think he lost his internship because he would wear a dog puppet on his hand and insult the other congressmen.
5: O'Brien graduated as valedictorian in 1981 and entered Harvard University. He studied history and literature and graduated magna cum laude in
3: 1985. Hey, oh, language!
5: O'Brien was also a drummer in a band called the Bad Clams.
3: Ha ha ha! I had bad clams once.
4: Pooped for days.
3: Gross.
2: Weird, wild stuff, Ed. Let the lady finish with the back history, so we can get to the Tonight Show parts.
4: Principal Skeetmore here again. I just wanted to say that I was so proud when I learned that Christopher was a writer for the Harvard Lampoon magazine, humor magazine that was. It was a very funny one, not just a regular old magazine, and also served as their president. That is what having a Brookline High School Foundation could do for you. Conan
5: also developed a spoof of the popular video game One on One, Dr. J versus Larry Bird, in which the Boston Celtics play against a classical ballet troupe.
2: Heyo! Weird, uh, was that it? Ed? Yes, I just like to
3: say heyo a lot.
5: O'Brien moved to Los Angeles after graduation to join the writing staff of HBO's Not Necessarily the News.
3: If I was on Not Necessarily the
2: News, (laughs) it would still be on the air today.
3: Hello, Rich Hall here. I know I all but disappeared from show business, but in case you don't remember, Not Necessarily the News featured sketches parody news items, commercial parodies, humorous bits made from overdubbing over actual news footage. It was based on the British series, not the nine o'clock news. It's also where I came up with Sniglets. You all remember Sniglets, right? Ha ha, no!
5: Conan was also a writer on the short-lived The Wilton North Report. While doing that, he performed regularly with improvisational groups, The Groundlings. Then a big break happened in January 1988.
3: Ha <laughs> ha! He won Publisher's Clearinghouse!
5: No. Actually, Saturday Night Live's executive producer, Lauren Michaels, hired O'Brien as a writer. During Conan's three years on SNL, he wrote such reoccurring sketches as Mr. Short-Term Memory and The Girl Watchers, performed by Tom Hanks and John Lovitz. O'Brien and his fellow SNL writers received an Emmy for Outstanding Writing in a Comedy or Variety Series.
4: Once again, see what a Brookline education can do for you. If I went to Brookline,
2: it would be the number one rated school in its time slot.
4: What are you talking about? Can someone please tell me what this strange big chin man is talking about? O'Brien, like many SNL
5: writers, occasionally appeared as extras in sketches, including being the doorman in a sketch in which Tom Hanks was inducted into the SNL Five Timers Club. But then things changed for O'Brien in 1991 when he quit Saturday Night Live. Conan recalls. <sighs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I told Lorraine Michaels I couldn't come back to work and I just needed to do something else. I had no plan whatsoever. I was literally in this big transitional phase in my life where I decided "Ah, I'll just walk around New York City and an idea will come to me like maybe singing about slipping on nuts. Then actually I slipped on some nuts. Conan got another break when Mike Rice
5: and Al Jean from The Simpsons called O'Brien and offered him a job.
3: I would like to break Conan.
2: Oh, wait, I did. (laughs) Oh. Is this microphone on? It is. Did I mention how much I love Conan? I really do. I gave him the Tonight Show after all. Let us not forget that.
3: hey (laughs) Then you took it back. Ha! Ah, you're no Johnny. Working on
5: The Simpsons was a big deal at the time. O'Brien says... Eh, Everyone wanted
3: to be on the show, but... They never hired. Uh, around that same time, my old groundlings friend Lisa Crudo, Crudo, Crudro, Cruzre. Ha ha! And I purchased <laughs> what? That's what he does, that's what oh I do. I don't know Brian does that all the time. And I purchased an apartment in Beverly Hills. Since we were roommates, we decided to become more than roommates. <laughs> hey they were doing it. Kudrow <laughs> believed I
5: that Conan should be performing rather than writing.
3: I was having sex with a girl. You'd think I'd get her last name right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you would think.
3: I, you would think, but <laughs> 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 I disagreed. I thought she was just being overly flattering. She was my friend, too. One of my five friends I had. Most of my other friends lived in New York and danced around a fountain. <laughs> That's true.
5: Maybe her or five other friends. I don't know about you.
2: Hmm? Nothing. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> I was friends with Conan once. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right. Principal Skeetmore here again, and I just want to say that just goes to show you once again that a Brookline education will get you a job on The Simpsons. I can confidently say that now as back then because the show will never, ever go off the air.
3: You know, commas are important, but whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I was very nervous when I started The Simpsons. They showed me into this office and told me to start writing down some ideas. They left me alone in that office. I left after five minutes to go get a cup of coffee, and I heard a crash. I walked back to the office, and there was a hole in the window and a dead bird on the floor. Literally, in my first ten minutes at the Simpsons, a bird had flown through the glass of the window, hit the far wall, broken its neck, and fallen dead on the floor. Well,
2: if I wrote for the Simpsons, I would have hired Conan a long time before that. And
3: then fired him. Ayo! <laughs>
5: From 1991 to 1993, O'Brien was a writer and also producer for The Simpsons. O'Brien would pitch new characters in their voices as he thought was the norm for the time until they informed him that no one did such a thing. He fit in quickly, and it was even said that if Conan hadn't left to do Late Night, he was a shoo-in to take over as showrunner on The Simpsons.
3: My most famous episode was Marge versus the Monorail.
4: Monorail. 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 Mono. Oh! I
2: like that episode. Someone find out if we can get that episode banned from the airwaves forever.
3: I used to do this thing called the nervous writer in the writing meetings. I'd open a can of Diet Coke, and then nervously pitch a joke. While I was doing that, I'd spray Diet Coke all over myself. That's stupid. Hey, old, oh, that's genius.
2: Yeah, that's what I said. Genius. Someone get me a can of Diet Coke
5: meanwhile david letterman was preparing to leave his show
2: dave here i was leaving because you wanted a new opportunity to grow elsewhere that's what i remember i was leaving because i got passed over for the tonight show for chin boy hey well you don't have to resort to cheap shots I remember to scrunch dave's car with my keys
5: lauren michaels was in search for a new host Michaels approached O'Brien to produce, but was told that O'Brien wanted to perform. So Michaels arranged a test audition on the stage of The Tonight Show. Jason Alexander and Mimi Rogers were the guests, and the
4: audience was composed of Simpsons writers. One Simpsons writer recalls, Seeing a friend of yours, this guy that you worked with, walk out from behind the curtain and deliver a monologue, was like something you could only dream up that you couldn't even imagine actually happening.
5: The performance was beamed by Satellite to New York where Lorne Michaels and NBC executives watched. O'Brien was picked as the new host of Late Night on April 26, 1993.
4: I remember when he got the phone call. He was passed out face down into the horrible shag carpet in the Simpsons office. He was just quiet and comatose down there on that carpet. I remember looking at him and saying, wow, your life is about to change in a really dramatic way.
2: When I got the call to host this Tonight show, I wasn't nervous at all. I celebrated by popping tags at the strip clubs. Bitches and hoes, baby! <laughs> Late night.
5: Bitches and hoes!
2: <laughs> Heyo, right Ed? Heyo,
5: bitches and hoes!
1: Heyo!
2: <laughs> Just bring in that big check from the publisher's clearinghouse, and
5: woo! woo.
2: Laugh dances for everyone.
5: Late night with Conan O'Brien premiered. Nicole premiered on September 13th, 1993 to not very good reviews. O'Brien even wrote a piece in the New York Times titled O'Brien Flops on the day of the show's premiere.
2: He sure did flop. Oh boy, what a disaster. Oh wait, why is this microphone never turned off?
5: Critics, critics attacked O'Brien. Tom Shales of the Washington Post suggested that the host resume his previous identity, Conan Oblivion. Hey, The consensus was that O'Brien was nervous and fidgety on camera and that he was too smart, too East Coast, too sophisticated, too young, and even too tall to be
2: successful. For the record, I was never too tall. Yeah.
5: The show was constantly at risk for cancellation. At one low point in 1994... NBC threatened to put him on a week-to-week contract. They wanted to replace him with Greg Kinnear, who followed O'Brien with later at 1.30 a.m. Interns were filling in empty seats in the audience, and NBC affiliates began to inquire about replacement hosts.
2: My seats were full all the time, and not just by interns either. I also had grandmothers.
5: In one installment, after a short stretch of reruns, sidekick Andy Richter described his vacation activities as follows. I sat back and reminded myself what it's like to be unemployed.
2: Wow, you sound just like him. I know. But things would improve.
5: Sketches began to grow in popularity, including one where a still photo of a celebrity was shown behind Conan's desk, where the lips moved and voices were provided for them. A party-crazed Bill, uh, party Bill Clinton was one of these paintings.
2: I actually thought of doing that first, but let Conan
3: have the bit because he needed it more than me. I'm helpful like that. Turning point for me was when David Letterman came on the show. It was a morale boost. I was thinking, if the guy who created the 1230 thing came on and says, we're smart and funny, let's go.
5: The show went through some more ups and downs, but over time, quality improved. Regular characters would typically include a masturbating bear. A what? You heard me. A coked up werewolf. Artie Kendall, who was a dead Bing Crosby-esque crooner. And Triumph the Insult Comic Dog.
3: The the sound levels went down. Can you go back to where it says characters would typically include? Just read that part again.
5: I don't want to.
3: One of my favorite pieces we <laughs> ever
6: did.
3: <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Was when we visited a historic Civil War era baseball league. When I leave this earth at my funeral, just show this. Because this pretty much says who I'm all about. When
2: I die, I want to be buried with all... 400 of my cars that I own. So you better make sure there is plenty of land for that.
5: (laughs) O'Brien's audience, largely young and male, which was a coveted demographic.
2: Because they like the masturbating bear.
5: Yeah. Grew steadily and the show began to best competitors in the ratings, which it would continue to do so for the next 15 seasons. Tom Shales called the show... One of the most amazing transformations in television history.
4: One writer for Conan remembers. Hello, I'm a different writer than before. I know we sound alike, but we are not. We started winning awards. We were nominated annually for the Emmy Award for Best Writing in a Comedy or Variety Series, but only won in 2007. In 1997, 2000, 2002, 2003, and 2004, we won the Writers Guild Award for Best Writing in a Comedy slash Variety Series.
2: I won awards too, you know. Like best award for handing over a show and taking it back. (laughs) Best award for pissing off everyone in the industry. Best chin award. The list goes on and on. In
5: 2004, Jay Leno made a speech on The Tonight Show that said that NBC suggested handing off The Tonight Show to Conan O'Brien in 2009. This was an enticement to Conan, who was reportedly getting other offers. Leno agreed that 2009 was a
2: good end date. I remember saying 2009 was a good end date. Maybe. And Conan could take over.
5: Maybe.
2: Maybe. That's how I remember it.
5: Leno said he wanted to go out on top and that he didn't want to do the show into his 60s anyway.
2: I actually said that I didn't want to do the show in 2060. People forget that part.
5: Leno said he will keep the show number one for the next five years and then hand it off to Conan O'Brien with no regrets, avoiding the bad feelings that surrounded his ascension to the throne when Johnny Carson retired.
2: Dave here. Well, ain't that a fine how do you do 17 years later?
5: On February 20th, 2009, NBC aired the last episode of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. O'Brien ended the episode by destroying the set with an axe and handing out the pieces of the set to the audience. He also thanked a list of people who helped him get to that point in his career, including Lauren Michaels, David Letterman, Jay Leno, and O'Brien's wife and children.
2: Of course he was going to thank me. Where would Conan... My best bud be without me. I was going to make this a peaceful transition to the Tonight Show, much like the Civil War was a peaceful transition of power between the U.S. and England. hey What?
5: The debut episode of the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien generated 9.2 million viewers overall and... And the ratings for the debut episode were higher than both CBS's Late Show with David Letterman and ABC's Nightline combined. During the rest of O'Brien's premiere week, ratings dropped each day. Letterman started to rate better than The Tonight Show, and soon The Tonight Show audience was the smallest in the franchise's history.
3: Hold on, getting strange looks from Laura. What happened?
4: The Civil War was not between England and the United States. (laughs)
6: No, was it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It
4: was between the North and the South. I
3: was supposed to say revolutionary. One. Okay, well,
4: I did <laughs> Man, I was like, I know history, and this is not right. I can't move on with my I thought life. that
2: that was just a well-placed joke, especially with Ed McMahon catching
3: it. <laughs> no.
4: I don't think Ed McMahon caught it. That was
3: a complete joke. Typo. <laughs> Hello,
4: typo. Wait a minute. Edited by
3: <laughs> I was doing
5: as much grammatical stuff as I could. Not just sexual. not historical.
3: <laughs>
4: <Nope>. <laughs> Apparently, we need a fact you checker. Know what?
3: There's a disclaimer at the end of the show. That's yes. what this is for. <laughs> this is
4: very concerned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh,
3: that's hilarious
4: Alright, well hey, generic writer here again
3: Who knows
2: the difference between the Civil and Revolutionary Wars That's
4: right, because writers are smart
2: That's what writers do
4: I sound like the other two writers, but I assure you, I'm someone different I just want to point out that despite the loss in ratings O'Brien was still doing better than Leno did when he took over the Tonight Show And O'Brien was breathing No, he was definitely not breathing, but he was beating the other Late Night Show
3: He, he died? You know, when he died, (laughs) when he realized that the Civil War was between the U.S. and
1: England. Who knew?
4: So Koda's a zombie? Yes. Well, that's why Jay Leno came back. Everybody knew that. (laughs) Right. Well, he was beating the other late night. (laughs) Uncertain demographics.
6: Like breathing.
4: (laughs) I was concerned for the Tonight Show, so I decided to
2: camp out in the lobby in case they needed me to return. You know? Quietly in the corner, just minding my own business, available if needed. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> then I remembered I was still under contract, and NBC should probably give me a show at 10 o'clock every night. Besides, this show was going to be different. We were going to do it without a desk.
4: Dun
3: dun
2: dun!
4: Revolutionary. But were you going to breathe?
3: Revolutionary, like England versus U.S. (laughs) Listen, I'm trying to
2: make this civil.
5: (laughs) Two months after the premiere of the Jay Leno show, ratings for the Tonight Show were down roughly two million viewers from when Leno hosted the program. While Jay's show was cheaper to produce than the scripted dramas, it because there
2: wasn't a desk
5: it generated fewer lead-in viewers for local news programs, causing a domino effect on ratings for The Tonight Show and Late Night with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Was it my fault? Just because we had all the best guests and were basically doing The Tonight Show an hour and a half earlier.
4: Hi guys, I'm the same writer from before the second one, you know, the second writer spoke. I just don't want you to get us confused. NBC was considering moving schedules around. Jay Leno would move from his 10 p.m., (laughs) weeknight times slot to 11:35 p.m. due to a combination of the affiliates' unhappiness and due to both Leno's and Conan O'Brien's poor ratings. The plan would have Leno's show shortened from an hour to 30 minutes.
5: O'Brien's contract stipulated that NBC could move the show back to 12:05 a.m. without penalty, which was a clause put in primarily to accommodate sports preemptions leaving him with no apparent recourse other than resignation.
4: Hi, I'm not the writer that just spoke. I'm a brand new writer to this conversation. Basically, NBC said they were going to move Jay Leno out of the prime time, put him back on late night as soon as possible. O'Brien was given no advance notice of this, and NBC offered him two choices, the hour-long 12.05 a.m. time slot or leave. If O'Brien chose to leave, Leno would get the Tonight Show title as well as the full 11.35 p.m. to 12.35 a.m. time slot. And O'Brien would have to remain off the air until Leno retires.
5: Fox had expressed an interest in O'Brien if he left. So did TNT, HBO, FX, Showtime, and Revision 3. But ABC and CBS did not offer interest
3: does does anybody know who revision three is i was just gonna ask that no clue okay Okay. isn't
4: that the spanish network
3: that's telemundo (laughs) wouldn't that
2: be revision (laughs) trace or (laughs) you know
4: it's written numerically so it could be pronounced trace
2: okay it used to be upn Uh, or the cw um or wb renaming or cartoon network (laughs) (laughs)
5: On January 12th, O'Brien issued a press release that stated he would not continue with the NBC program if it moves to a 12.05
3: a.m. time slot. Conan said, I believe that delaying The Tonight Show into the next day to accommodate another comedy program would seriously damage what I consider to be the greatest franchise in the history of broadcasting. The Tonight Show at 12.05 simply isn't The Tonight Show. Also, if I accept this move, I'll be knocking the late sh- uh, late night show, which I inherited from David Letterman and passed on to Jimmy Fallon, out of its longtime time slot. That would hurt the other NBC franchise that I love. It would be unfair to Jimmy.
4: Hey guys, I'm the same writer as before. Don't forget, O'Brien also pointed out the lack of support from the network and lead-in... Primetime ratings. It was a my mistaken belief that like my
3: predecessor, I would have the benefit of this of some time and just as important, some degree of rating support <laughs> from the primetime schedule. Building a lasting audience at eleven thirty is impossible without both. All Headline News
5: reported that NBC intended to keep Conan off the air completely for three and a half years without pay unless he agreed to NBC's terms. Insiders for both NBC and O'Brien dismissed the notion. The New York Times reported online support was overwhelmingly in favor of O'Brien in the days following the switch announcement. Team Conan, or I'm with Coco, groups online started appearing. Many celebrities ex- expressed support for O'Brien, including Tom Hanks, Rosie O'Donnell, Questlove, Howard Stern, Jimmy Kimmel, and Ricky Gervais.
3: You know what this is like? What's this like? This is like his own little civil war in NBC, like when England and U.S. had their civil war. Yes! Yes!
5: Sure. I guess anything's possible in the realm where the England and the U.S. had a
4: civil war. <laughs>
3: it's an alternate earth.
4: <laughs> Hello. The first writer back again. My favorite was that Patton Oswalt said comedians who don't like Jay Leno now, and I'm one of them, were not like Jay Leno sucks. It's that we're so hurt and disappointed that one of the best comedians of our generation willfully has shut the switch off.
5: In an issue of TV Guide, the time slot dispute ranked number one on a list of TV's biggest blunders. Following two weeks of negotiations, it was officially announced that Conan O'Brien had signed a $45 million deal to leave NBC altogether, ending a partnership that lasted 22 years. The money was divided among O'Brien, the producers, and the staff of the show.
4: Hey guys, I'm a writer from South Park. I know I'm out of place here, but I just wanted to chime in. What wasn't reported was that NBC would be able to keep some of the severance pay after O'Brien finds a new program, and O'Brien may not return to television until after 2010 on another network. The network confirmed that Leno would officially resume as
5: host of The Tonight Show on March first, two 2010, after the Winter Olympics. Conan O'Brien, on his departure from The Tonight Show, said,
3: Every comedian, every comedian dreams of hosting The Tonight Show, and I... For seven months, I got to do it. I did it my way, with people I love. I do not regret a second of it. All I ask is one thing, and I'm asking this particularly of young people that watch. Please do not be cynical. I hate cynicism. For the record, it's my least favorite quality. Also history. It doesn't lead anywhere. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard... And your kind, amazing things will happen.
5: Conan started a Twitter account and announced that he would embark on a 30-city live tour beginning in April.
4: South Park rider again. It was called the Legally Prohibited from Being Funny on Television Tour. He also sta- started the TeamCoco.com website. O'Brien decided not to keep any of the proceeds from the tour in order to employ his show's staff members. Hmm. I would have done that, too, if The Tonight Show wasn't available for me to take back. (laughs) Conan did the
5: tour dressed like Eddie Murphy from Raw. The tour was joined by sidekick Andy Richter, the former Tonight Show band temporarily renamed the Legally Prohibited Band.
3: I started with this great bit where I appeared as an obese and bearded version of myself, struggling to cope with the loss of my talk show while Eric Carmen's All By Myself played.
5: Classic sketches were also revived for the tour, albeit under different names due to legal issues over the ownership rights. The masturbating bear, for example, made a brief appearance before being transformed into the self-pleasuring panda. Oh.
2: Don't you like that so much more? No. <laughs>
3: um, the levels. dropped. No, again. I Can no you, no nice try. You got to start all the way from no. The beginning. What did
5: Conan have to say about the self-pleasuring panda? No, the no par, the no bear. Yeah. Okay. It's not the bear anymore. That's what is it?
3: What was the bear? It's not
5: that anymore. So what does it matter? What did the bear do? (laughs) (laughs) Self-pleasured.
3: On the day the tour began, I announced that I would host a new show on TBS.
5: The show, named Conan, debuted on November 8th, 2010 at 11 p.m. O'Brien's edition moved Lopez Tonight with George Lopez back one hour. Conan refused to do it at first, not wanting what happened to him to happen to Lopez. But Lopez called to persuade him to come to TBS. O'Brien spoke about the Tonight Show conflict on the CBS News magazine, 60 Minutes. He said,
3: It felt like a marriage breaking up suddenly, violently, like a masturbating bear appeared. And I was just trying to figure out what happened. I absolutely expected NBC to give me more of a chance and that. If I was in Jay Leno's position, sitting next to a masturbating bear, I would not have come back to the Tonight Show. I didn't feel like I got shafted like a masturbating bear. It's critical to me that everyone sees this. If they take anything away from this, it's I'm fine, just like a masturbating bear,
2: Nicole. Which, if he was with Jay Leno, he would have been in one of my 400 cars, and it would have been both of us. And a masturbating bear. And a masturbating bear, self pleasury. doing great.
3: I'm doing great. I hope people still find me comedically absurd and ridiculous, and I don't regret anything. Even the masturbating bear. (laughs)
2: I don't regret anything either, even that night with the masturbating bear. Do you hear that, Jimmy Fallon? Introduce a little anarchy. (laughs) Upset the established order, and everything becomes chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. I'm bored, and I'm coming for your show one day.
3: <laughs> and that is Conan O'Brien. Yay. Nicole, do you like the masturbating bear? Obviously, she doesn't. It's Does just, he make you uncomfortable?
5: It's just so
3: much. He's a panda with a sock.
5: <laughs> God, I can't. I well, have no words.
3: Let's. I just don't. Let's do the fishbowl facts.
5: Yay. Fishbowl facts.
3: These are tiny little tidbits on Conan oh. O'Brien that we pull from an actual... Fishbowl. Oh, Oh, look at that. You're going for the big fact, Laura.
4: Yeah, no, I was making sure that it was was just a sentence. (laughs) I just wanted Before I pulled it out and committed to it, I had to make sure there was one little sentence.
3: That's what she said. (laughs) You can start us off since you went for the big fact.
4: Oh, but it has a really big name in it. I don't know how to say it.
3: Let's see. Too bad. Took it. Kazarinsky. John Kazarinsky. Who? John Kazarinski from
5: The Office. Yeah. It's John
3: Krasinski. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> it's not what you no, said. No, exactly,
2: that's exactly <laughs> what I, I said. I love no. John Krasinski. No. John <laughs> now Karaoke. I have is
4: no clue how to say
3: John- it. Well,
5: for everybody who wonders, it's John Krasinski from The Office.
4: It's
3: John Karaoke from The Office.
4: All right. So, The Office cast members. John Kerr, Kerr, Karaoke. Christian. John Karaoke's and skis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ellie Kemper and Mindy yeah. Kaling were interns on Late Night with Conan O'Brien.
5: I didn't know John Chris
4: Oh, you didn't
3: know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got a You're really well big done. last name word, too.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Every time Paul Rudd goes on O'Brien's show...
4: <laughs> he He's
3: brings a clip. How do you say it? Rud, you
6: Rudy, Rudy, so road? Yeah, keep it up, Rada. Keep it up.
3: <laughs> and every time, it's the same bizarre sequence of a boy in a wheelchair rolling down a hill from Mac and Me. Hey, I, I,
4: I showed you that. You showed me that? Yeah, I showed you that Uh, Yeah,
3: who hasn't seen Mac and Me? you showed me me the clip. I thought you showed me you rolling down the hill in a wheelchair.
4: (laughs) (sighs) I I did that, too. I have long last names, too.
2: Have you ever seen Mac and Me? No. No. You are missing out. How
4: have you not seen Mac and Me? It's
2: on the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix. Oh, well, that's the only way I'll watch it. (laughs) You really should, because it's worth it just for
3: that. Yeah, okay, I'm going to watch it.
5: In 2003, there was an episode of Late Night with Conan O'Brien that was entirely done using claymation. The guests for the show included Johnny Knoxville, Richard Lewis, and David Bowie. One of those
3: less
4: long last huh? names.
5: Huh? Yeah,
4: know. Knoxville was a long last name. I was joking, although everybody knows like how to were pronounce it. You about Rudd. So oh, was trying a, to you to play uh, along. You
3: piggybacked. Yes. Oh. Look oh, at it's that. Okay. She
4: was joining in. She,
3: you piggybacked like a masturbating bear.
6: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Only thinking of
3: It's okay,
2: Nicole. Only thinking about yourself, just like that bear. (laughs) Conan acquired the nickname Coco after its use in the first Twitter tracker sketch. During the second episode of his Tonight Show run, guest, oh no, this is a tough last name too, Nicole. Tom Hanks (laughs) used the nickname during his subsequent interview, even getting the audience to chant it. In reaction to the moniker, Conan remarked to... Hanks And just, if that catches on, I'll sue you. Nice.
4: All right, here here goes my names again.
3: You have more names?
4: I do have more names. When David Letterman left the Late Night franchise at NBC for his own show at CBS in 1993, the first choice for a replacement host was Dana Carvey, not O'Brien.
3: I can't see that going very far. O'Brien is an ordained minister and performed a same-sex marriage that was broadcast on his show... O'Brien specifically became ordained in order to perform the marriage between a member of his staff and their partner while taping the show in New York City. Mm-hmm. Get a rope.
5: Conan O'Brien only follows one person on Twitter. That person, a fan named Sarah Killen, who he decided to follow at random one day soon after joining the site.
3: Interesting.
2: Uh-huh. O'Brien is a third cousin of fellow New England comedian and actor Dennis Leary. That is
4: wild. Wild. Weird, wild stuff triumph the insult comic dog a fairly cheap dog puppet was voiced by Robert Smigel
3: Smigel Smigel No that's the golem from Lord of the Rings My
4: precious Precious All right.
3: Well, we put out, um, we asked for your thoughts on Conan O'Brien on Facebook and Twitter and uh, on the hotline. What's the number for the hotline? You have it in front of you.
5: Uh, Yeah. If you want to call us, leave us a voicemail, comment suggestions, weigh in on a topic that we're going to be recording about. Our phone number is 813-708-9717.
3: Awesome. So on Facebook, Chris from More Gooder Than and Our Boss said, he was done dirty. Talking about Conan. (laughs) And yes.
4: Leno. <laughs> I thought we were talking about the masturbating bear. bear. Yes. Uh,
2: it's the self-pleasuring panda now.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: And he's endangered.
3: The self-pleasuring pandas does sound a little bit nicer. It does. Nicole, what do you think?
5: I agree. <laughs>
3: Russell. What? Russell says, I love Conan. I think he's a much better late night show. Uh, le- I'm sorry. Russell. Russell says, I love Conan. I think he's a much better night show than Fallon. Still hate Jay for what he ended up doing to Conan. Maybe Russell was a little uh, in his cups when he wrote that. Mm -hmm. Did he refer to himself as the third person the whole time? No. (laughs) Russell says. Russell said. (laughs) Donna, they really messed up Conan with the whole Jay Leno fiasco. It was reminiscent of the way David Letterman was done wrong by Leno and Johnny Carson.
4: I thought it was reminiscent of the Civil War.
3: Between the U.S. (laughs) and And England. England. (laughs) Gary says I like Conan but lost touch with the show when he moved to TBS same here it's because you don't have cable he doesn't have cable
4: no you don't have cable oh
3: I don't have cable I have cable now briefly I didn't want it, but we I got know why it. you have it. Hi, Laura.
4: Hi. <laughs> yeah, I like but, I like to flip through the channels yeah, sometimes. But you can flip you can't. The no, on, I cannot flip through the channels you can flip. on the internet.
3: Listen, you can. <laughs> Pluto TV has channel flipping, and they have a <sighs> lot of good stuff, including Mystery Science Theater three thousand.
4: Does it have Snap?
3: It might have Snap. It doesn't have Snap.
4: You don't so want like... her to watch that. Oh, <laughs> I have watched every episode since it started.
3: Well, if there's only three of us on the next episode, you know why. (laughs) (laughs) Tina says, you can watch Old Conan on YouTube. The first season was very cringy, yet still very funny. Go Team Coco. And then Heather, who um, asked us to do this, and I told her she needs to call, said she didn't have time to call, but then wrote a paragraph. Instead, she said, I've watched Conan since he first came on the scene in 1993. I was instantly drawn to his dry humor. It was more than just sarcastic. It was cerebral, blah, easy for you to say, cerebral and actually took some thought to get it. Maybe that's why she she wrote it instead of calling. I don't know. (laughs) The skits were always my favorite. Some may seem as dumb at times, but for me, they were so much more entertaining than anything Leno could come up with. Letterman was great. But he had repeat skits on a show such as The Top Ten and Stupid Animal Tricks. Those were great, but you kind of always knew what to expect. Conan and his writers actually put a lot of thought in their skits for each show. It was a lot like Carol Burnett or Monty Python for me. So Yay. there you go. Thank you, Heather. Thanks
5: for writing in, everyone.
3: Yeah, oh, we got some phone calls, too. We got
5: phone calls, too. Yes. Snap. That phone number, again, is 813-708-9717. In case you want to call, be one of these Magical guest stars on our show.
3: All right. First one is from Toth from Gravity Beard. Always appreciate the call.
6: Hey, guys. It's Toph from Gravity Beard and the PodFix Network. I'm really glad that you guys are doing an episode on Conan O'Brien. I don't think that I can leave a message that really does injustice, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, I, I didn't know. I wasn't that aware of him or didn't know. I uh, really knew nothing about him until he... Uh, took over the hosting job um, that he did back in 1993 and I was willing to give him a shot right from the beginning and I recorded every single one of his episodes from his first season and at the time no one really liked him. He he got a really bad rap and I got made fun of for watching his show almost every single night. That was I think um, that was my second year of college and you know fast forward several years after that and he was he was the cool show to watch all the college kids like Conan O'Brien and that's just I just rolled my eyes because I took it in the shorts for my fondest form. but um, you know he was a great writer uh, I, I think he was on the, the writing staff for the Simpsons and for Saturday Night Live uh, it's not often I don't know if there's another precedent of a guy that came out of the writing group and then took on a high-profile hosting job uh, and lasted for 25 years and I, I believe and you'll probably cover this in the episode that Letterman wanted Conan to take over for him when he left instead of Jay Leno. And Jay Leno, boy, that's a whole other conversation, but that guy's so milk toast. I never thought he was that funny. I never thought he was that talented. Uh, although he was on a writing staff with David Letterman, Jay Leno was, along with Elaine Boozler and I think Louis Anderson. He was on Jimmy Walker's writing staff when they all. Uh, were in uh, California and showed up in Hollywood early in their careers. That's a really interesting fun fact. But but Conan Conan is, is awkward, and he's not for everybody. But I think he's really funny. He's got a cool sensibility, and I, I like that he's weird. And I like the way that he approached the show. And uh, he absolutely, positively got completely screwed by Jay Leno and by NBC. And, and, um, and it wasn't just him. You know, he's got a staff that helps him run the show, and all those people um, – you know, some of them, you know, the, the whole staff got screwed. So it was a really bad deal. But he's always seemed to sort of, on some level, landed on his feet. But, um, but obviously he lost a lot of attention and, and audience size and whatever by moving to TBS. And he's kind of just gotten lost since he moved out to California. And then he started a podcast recently, which is okay. It's not great. Um, but I've always rooted for him. I always felt like he was the underdog. He's, um, And he was unique. So sorry for the long message, but I, I've always held a, a fondness for Conan O'Brien, thanks so much for doing an episode on him. See you
3: guys later. Bye. What do you think of that, Jay Leno? Toe from Gravity Bear is not a big fan of yours. Oh, that's fine. I'm not a big fan of his
2: show anyways. Mm. Uh, It's fine. Mm. It's not funny enough for me. (laughs) 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 And I'll just... Take it over one day, and I'll make it funny because I can find good writers like me, and I can do that.
3: <laughs> it's all about me.
4: It's all about me. There it is tonight. I was waiting for it. <laughs>
3: so I didn't know about that. Letterman and Leno worked at one time. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It could be Louis Anderson held him up, like at gunpoint, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. But that that would account for the. That all, You know, that much more hatred that Letterman had for Leno is the fact that they yeah. worked together. Um, this next one's from Lisa from I uh, Shake My Head. Hey,
6: this is Bruder. I don't watch Conan O'Brien. I only watch talk shows with biblical... First names. I don't like your show. I only listen to Gravity Beard.
3: Oh, I got the calls mixed up. Oh, yeah, That yeah. was Bruder. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like Conan O'Brien. He only likes talk show hosts with biblical first names.
4: Surprise, <laughs> surprise.
3: So that would be what? David Letterman? Jamie? David Letterman.
5: no. James, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel.
3: Oh, I guess so. If you're going with the proper first name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the Scottish Gordon. guy, what was his name?
2: Sean Cottery? No.
3: <laughs> he was on um, Craig Ferguson. Ferguson show. Yeah, Craig Ferguson. Craig was, isn't a biblical name. Yeah, the, the book of Craig. It was between <laughs> yeah. Deuteronomy and the uh, book of Psalms. You know
4: what? That must have gotten lost in the Civil War I between think <laughs> the United <laughs> States I
3: think that England. book got lost in the book of Exodus somewhere. <laughs> uh, what's funny is that we use um, uh, Google Voice for the voice messages. Uh, that's the phone number you call is the Google Voice number. And it, it types out a transcript. And any time that Bruder goes, whatever he does at the end, Google Voice types out all right. <laughs> <laughs> so really, when Brutus going, it's really an all
2: oh, right. I guess yeah.
3: that's what that's what Google Translate is translating that too. So maybe you know they're smarter than us. They're a robot. I'm constantly proving to robots I'm not a robot. So I know it's the only way I can get concert tickets. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well let's get to the the most expensive beer we've ever had. Um, why don't we start with you, Nicole? And what's our rating system? Oh, can
5: we come back? Well, I can explain the rating system, but come back to me for a rating because I need to do one last proper can, assessment. Don't worry, don't worry, You can okay. do this if it's okay. Um, our rating system is one through six, uh, based on a six pack of beer. How many out of a six pack could you drink based off of drinkability alone? The taste, the flavor... Do you like it enough to drink one, two, three, four, five, or six of the beers?
3: Nicely done. All Thank right, we'll you. start with you, Laura, then.
4: Why do you always start? You, I'll start if you
3: want.
5: No, you didn't, um, you didn't use the ever-powerful pass.
4: No, it's all right. <laughs> I'll start. It's fine. Um, so it's pretty light as far as, like, taste goes to me, so I could probably drink five of them.
3: Just because it's light?
4: Yeah, it's easy to drink.
3: I believe that's your highest rating ever.
2: No, she gave a six once. Uh, yeah, three? the
4: rice beer.
2: The right No, nope, well, nope, we can't talk about that. I gotta go get it again. I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed
4: that beer. <laughs>
2: that was the Lost Zelda show, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, where we made it through one level. <laughs> <laughs>
5: we
4: got to the Deku Tree. There
5: was a beer that you gave a six to, and I wasn't here for it. Yeah,
4: I was. It Come was a Japanese it. beer, which ah. also is not very far fetched for me. I love pretty much anything the, from japan
3: there might be one in the beer cooler no no, no they're all gone okay.
4: they're gone okay. trust me
5: it's <laughs> <I>, gone <laughs> <laughs> if, if there was
4: one i would have had it we should
3: hold a contest because the beer cooler does have past beers in it still and maybe we should
5: raffle off like a
6: random lucky, six pack of beers yeah that we have left.
3: one lucky winner can win and all the beers that we didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of Genesee. (laughs) Well, I'm going to show you how much my palate has improved with beer. I think that I would have rated at one point this beer a six, but it's kind of light on the flavor.
4: That's what I said. I know
3: that's what you said. I'm piggybacking off of you like a masturbating beer. So
4: A self-pleasing panda. self-pleasuring
3: panda. It's not a bad beer. It has good taste it's light like laura said it's drinkable but there's not a lot of like taste to it there's no finish to it which is a, what i prefer in a beer i'm going to give it a um i'm going to give it a 3.9 cuz i don't want to give it a 4
4: oh my god just give it you a 4 you should
3: have gone with a 3.1 to make it the perfect 5k beer <laughs> okay. Huh, go. I'll go with 3.1 to make it the five, perfect 5K beer. If you bought it, you would not be disappointed. I think you could drink it. You would you'd be like, oh, I didn't waste my money on it," but it's just not a lot of uh power to it.
4: Yeah, it's not overly like I could sit down and drink them and not even
3: Yeah, you could pound this pretty easily. Yeah. Pound it like a masturbating bear. All right, Nicole, All speaking right, of masturbating I'm- beers pound it
5: um i i also think it's light it's light on the flavor that being said the flavor i'm not really crazy about it at all needs more pineapple (laughs) hi nicole's (laughs) bob you're gonna leave me to explain that thanks you're welcome (laughs) um i'm not really crazy about the flavor i agree That it's got drinkability, but it's just not going to hold enough for me. So I'm going to give it a two. I'm not really crazy about it.
3: Okay. All right. Brewmaster. If I were finishing a
2: race, it's a six. Yeah. Because I could pound six of these right after a marathon. Hell, I could probably drink two of them during.
5: They're only 4%. You'd be fine.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right, after a race, you could easily drink six. Though, flavor-wise, you get the sea salt taste in there.
3: Over. I didn't get that at all.
2: Oh, I did. I, did, I got the sea salt in there, but overall, I thought it was pretty smooth with the sea salt aftertaste. I think it's a very fine, crisp beer, supremely light, great for a post race beverage or just a nice,
3: light beer. Overall, I would give it a four. I was close to you. I, I was enj- close in my rating to you. What's either I enjoyed it, but I want more flavor.
2: <laughs> I want more flavor. That's my problem with it. I okay. want more flavor from it. I, I get what they're trying to do. I think for what they're trying to do, it's an overall six. Marketing-wise, perfect. Great. They know who they're going for. It is a runner beer. Yes. But for me personally, I like beer with flavor, and this is lacking a little of oh, the flavor part. it's a department. runner
3: beer, not a beer that gives you the runs. That's no. different. What were you going to say, Nicole? Nothing. You were? You were going to say something? No? Okay.
4: Yeah, no, problem. No, no, good. Okay.
2: But overall, even after all that, it is a truly enjoyable beer.
4: All right.
3: Awesome. Um, Laura, why don't you read our sponsor for this week.
4: Today's show is sponsored by Seat Giant. What is Seat Giant, you may ask? It's not seats that you would sell to your giant friends, like Conan, <laughs> right? He's True. Real, yeah. how,
3: how tall was he, EJL? Six foot four.
4: Or giant seats that you would sell to anyone, no matter what their height is, which would be weird, but maybe you own a roadside attraction. Seat Giant is actually a new place to get great deals on tickets to concerts, sports ball, Theater and family events. Great seats can be yours to hockey, baseball, the MMA fights, or Book of Mormon, Hamilton, Chelsea Handler shows, or how about BTS, Pink, Rolling Stones, Ariana Grande, or any concert tickets that you may want. Seat Giant has amazing prices and huge selection. And great customer service. Visit seatgiant.com or seatgiant.ca for Canadian pricing and use the code podcast forty two. That's a numeric forty-two. One word at checkout to save even more on already great deals.
3: Thanks, Seat Giant. Yay, Seat Giant. Seat Giant. Hello. All right, Nicole. What's next?
5: So as we said before, if you'd like to call us about any upcoming topics. Questions, comments, concerns. Our phone number is 813 708 9717. If you'd like to find out what our upcoming topics are going to be, you can follow us, uh, add us on the official Podcast 42 Show group page on Facebook. Um, We post a lot of memes, we talk about upcoming topics, we ask for your suggestions. It's a very fun community. Just request to add, we're going to accept you. We just like to know how you heard about us. You can email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. Every time you type in podcast42, it's the numbers 42. So podcast42show at gmail.com. Find us on Patreon for exclusive content such as previous scripts, sound checks, um, unpublished episodes or episodes that are no longer available on the public domain. You can find them on our Patreon Check us out also on Spotify, Apple Music, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and we are proudly a part of the FOD, FOD, the Podfix <laughs> Network. That's probably not the first time i have done that
3: either. Tough word. I'm sorry.
5: The Podfix Network. We are very happy, it's like a happy tough to be a part name. of their community.
3: Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that does it for Conan O'Brien. I thought that was a fun show. Yeah. Yeah. That's so last. I was a little nervous about the topic. I'm like, eh, be, you know, uh, really interesting, especially
2: the Tonight Show stuff. Yeah. That was... that's because uh, Jay Leno took it over, and yeah, uh, he makes everything better.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Damn you, Jay! All right, well, I'm Christopher DeVos I'm
4: Nicole
3: Faison.
4: Jay I'm Laura. Bye.
3: Bye. 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 Stay fresh, cheese bags.
1: All celebrity voices have been impersonated poorly. All conversations may or may not be 100% accurate as well. We have attempted to provide you with the facts as best to our knowledge with the help of a case of fear, some old man that tells stories down by the river, Wikipedia, and old homemade YouTube documentaries. Do not use anything you heard in this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade. A really 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 bad grade just like all of our hosts did when they were in school. Music was provided by Cramer. You can find more tunes at Cramer.com. This has been a Podcast 42 production.
0: jack nicholson she now co-stars on the sci-fi channel's most popular show sliders and just released her first cd shiny please welcome Kari Werr. I'd like to contrast the energy with which you came out to Stephen wright
1: i figured it wasn't a difficult act to follow no I no we, we have better. wait i gotta what? do the mic thing
0: <laughs> what was that yeah
1: i'm energy wise
0: energy wise we talked
1: yeah. about this before he knows i just can't stand him are you retiring?
3: excuse
1: me <laughs> i love him not really i do like, it's, you it's, just
0: won in six years most awkward start to an interview. I think. I'm sorry, but, you know,
1: we have the whole, well, you know he was really getting me excited backstage, and it's kind of we're in a big fight right now, aren't we? You
0: guys? have like eight personalities, don't you?
1: Oh, no, I'm
0: Yeah, you hated him. You wanted him to retire, and he excited you backstage. No, all
1: right. See, he's always saying that this is his last appearance. He's going to retire. It's like
0: your joke, right? I was, right? Yeah, I was with the he's makeup like me I was just chatting with the woman there.
1: And I said, you've been on the show like 500 times. Do they have like a cake for you once a year or something? I'm not funny, huh? (laughs) Yes, you are. Thank you. All right, so I had this dream about you on the plane. Okay, Okay,
0: you had a dream about me on the plane.
1: Yeah, because I had to fly the red eye, and I was really dead tired. And I fell asleep, and I had this dream. Dream. I was a little nervous because you know. Is that
0: what you do as you're going to sleep?
1: Am <laughs> I like sleepy guys? I thinking of what, one in your, your comedy sketches that you and Andy do. Uh huh. But anyway, I.
0: Uh, love
1: you. Um, so I had this dream. That
0: was so sincere. That was great.
1: <laughs> I had this dream, okay, that I was I was really nervous about doing your show and everything.
0: Gee, why? It seems to be going well. <laughs> and I. Uh, Is this letter? Oh, the I'm the Little Letterman! Hi
1: <laughs> i it. I'm <laughs> I seem to be evoking disdain. In no, so, well, no, we're start just kidding.
0: Alright, let's like, get back wished. in the beginning and let's nothing be happened yet. Okay. And, hey, hey, thank hey. you so much for
1: having me. How are you? Show. Good, good right. to see you. Okay. So I was having this
0: dream, right? You're having a dream? Was I in it?
1: Yes. Oh, the dream about us. Just let me finish really quick. And I dreamt that I gave you these Pez dispensers, and you said, "Why Pez dispensers?" And I said, "Well, because you kind of remind me of like a Pez." I said, "They should the make the candy
0: or the dispenser." The dispenser, right? That makes sense. I have an yeah. old. No, it's folks. In fairness, I have a large head, and my body contains candy. So
1: <laughs> it's only fair. Candy. I mean, you might as well be a Pez. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting candy. Stuff comes out of your neck. Yeah, sure. Like if I was a candy, I'd be like those those little dots on the paper. You know that you. You know, like what is that all about? Just right, idiocy. Well,
0: but wait, why would you be one of those candies, though?
1: It's like an idiot candy. I don't put an yourself down.
0: No, don't put yourself down. It's That's wrong. You'd be a nice candy, I'm it's sure. Yeah. Like well, let's, uh, let's move on.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: let's talk about, you were on Celebrity Jeopardy last week. I didn't see it. How did it go? Kind of like this. <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So it
0: didn't go well. Did you, did you prepare? Did you study for Celebrity Jeopardy? It was
1: like the red light on top of the cameras reminded me of the Brady Bunch, and I just kept staring at it as Alex Trebek was talking to me, and I kept hearing Marcia go, Baton Rouge! Baton Rouge! I was terrified. I'm terrified
0: now. (laughs) If anyone at home is watching, get to a phone! Uh, the uh, the episode. There's an episode where someone's scared. Duh, anyway.
1: (laughs) Yes. That was a joke. He's not a naked knife Night fan, I don't think. I got a duh for that? (laughs) Oh, ow, she's biting.
0: I kinda like that. <laughs> I should insult you more often. Uh that's you...
1: really close proximity, actually.
0: That's not my real it leg.
1: Looks
0: bigger, <laughs> that's a prosthetic leg. I'm like dwarf on golf. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm just a head coming out of something so right now. So of here. course your
1: libido made you six four. You just that your prosthetic legs are really nice.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. I'm gonna be six
1: four. I'm gonna be a different Species <laughs> next to me. <laughs> I feel like Terry Gar
0: on acid right now, completely. So you're on acid right now.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we got you have a CD here. We got to talk about before we go.
1: Thank
0: you. Uh, Shiny, is this? Is, are you doing? Is this what you're promoting right now? That the CD. Yeah
1: like an encyclopedia salesman. I mean, it's been hard. It's been cool, though. Like,
0: door-to-door, trying to get people to buy it. Jump I'm, in anytime, Stephen. Thanks, pal. been sitting there for ten minutes.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh. We only it, when not spoken is it, is to Is it
0: music, or uh, is it, like... Reading res- or
1: something?
0: resuscitation
1: It's, uh,
0: it's resuscitation? Yeah <laughs> Alright, we're gonna take dead. We're gonna take a break right now And uh Review the tape <laughs> Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge Baton Rouge So uh, Kari, uh, you gotta come back sometime Because this may not have been television But it sure was compellivision. <laughs> and that's what we go for here We'll take a break the left.